0: Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Hey, are you building a house today? Well, what kind of foundation are you putting it on? You don't know. Well, you better check out because Jesus said if you build a house upon the sand and the storms come, then you're going to get blown over. But if you build a house upon the rock, which is a firm foundation, then you're going to have a steady house. It may sway a little bit, but it's not going to fall. You're going to be able to get through the storms of life. And that's what we're looking at, having a firm foundation. So we had the introduction at our last session, and now we're going to get into the meat of it all from Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Let's read those two verses because that's where we're going to be for this section this session and uh, five more after this. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. I want to emphasize there, elementary principles. There are a lot of people still in elementary school. They haven't uh, gotten out of that. They're still learning how to have a foundation. God wants us to eventually build the foundation firm and then go on. Leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. In other words, He wants us to mature, grow up. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So we're going to be looking at these Definite principles that need to be firmly planted in our lives so that we can build a house for God to dwell in. He doesn't want to build in just any old shack. He doesn't want to build anything that's going to be blown over every time we got a storm. No, He wants us to have something that's firmly planted upon Him and we will not be swayed no matter what. So today we're looking at Repentance from dead works. Those who are called, those, you know, from the John the Baptist and Jesus, they were calling people to repentance. Let's let's look at a a scripture or two of these. And um, John the Baptist, as recorded in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, repent. I mean, he was just saying it loudly as he could. Then Jesus, as recorded in the fourth chapter, verse 17, Jesus said from the time that Jesus began to preach to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, that is the first thing that needs to take place. Then, over in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we have Peter. We have Peter who, preaching on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Ah, one more page here. Then uh, Peter said to them, Repent. See, it's important. John the Baptist said it. Jesus said it. Peter said it. That's the first thing on the heart of God is for people to repent. There must be a repentance. The only way to begin a relationship with God is through the act of repentance. That must take place. So we must understand what is repentance. All right, we're going to have some definitions from the Greek language. Uh, here is definition number one. A change of mind or complete conversion. I've changed my mind. Now I am a, a converted into thinking differently. Number two definition. A change of direction a new course, a completely altered view view of life and behavior, a decision to believe, think, and act differently. In other words, I was acting one way, now I'm acting another way. I was thinking one way as the world, now I'm thinking as God would think. I am making the decision to not walk according to the world, but walk according to God. Uh, it's not an, an acceptance of just a new idea in my life. You know, Is this not something, well, uh, you know, I've got this in my life. I think I'll add repentance. No, it's a life-changing act that we do as we repent. It's a decision made to completely change one's thoughts, behavior, and actions. For 29 years, I acted like the world. Now I'm behaving or trying to behave or becoming more like behavior of God, how He acts, how He does things, how He thinks. So that's where my behavior should reflect, should reflect that the fact that my life has changed. It's a total transformation wholly affecting the Every area of my life, every area of your life, it's not just something I add into my life, it's something that is my life, okay? It's not an emotional thing, Hmm. even though a decision of the mind could bring emotions. How many times have you seen people go down to the altar and cry there, oh, this crying up a storm and get up and still act the same? but they haven't repented. There's no change. They had an emotional experience, but didn't have true repentance in their lives. Emotions may come, but repentance is not an emotional thing. It is a decision that you make. It originates in the heart to leave a life of sin, flesh, and selfishness. I'm not living for myself any longer. No, I died to self. Now I turn towards God with all my heart and mind in order to follow Jesus. I was living for me, now I'm living for God. I was doing what I wanted to do, now I'm doing what He wants me to do. I may not do it right all the time, but I have changed my life completely. Frank's life, Gone. The old nature is gone. Behold, I have a new nature, a nature of God. Therefore, my whole life will change in the way I speak, the way I think, the way I act, the way I look at things, the way I carry myself. Everything will reflect God, should reflect God in my life because I have repented. In other words, Jesus is just not a part of my life. He is my life. You know, we may go to church, we may uh, attend some Bible studies, and we got Jesus in our life, but sometimes people just, well, I've got my life, and then I've also got the life of Jesus. No, you either got Jesus, or eventually you have nothing. All of Jesus, all of Jesus, it's not something you add into, it's something that has changed you completely. So that is repentance, a total change of life from your old life to your new life in Christ Jesus. Living for self, no longer. Living for Jesus, yes, every single day. What does he want? What is His thoughts. What is He seeing? What is His plan for my life? Not what I plan, what He plans. So I commit to that. I present myself to that every single day. God, what is Your purpose? What do You want me to do? Not what I want to do today. Father, what do You want me to do today? So that's the way it does. So now, Let's go to the first uh, Thessalonians 1, 9. First Thessalonians. Let's see, I'll get there. First Thessalonians. Well, I thought I was going to get there. <laughs> oh, I have so many pages in my Bible. I wish they were all together. It would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.9 For they themselves declare concerning us that what manner of entry we had to do and how we you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. You have turned now from the world's way, world's worship, the world's mindset that you've told him now to turn to God. It produces a life that is a visible fruit. You, you will know, people will know there's been a life change. It produces the fruit of the kingdom of God in your life. It's not something that, uh, well, you've got hidden in you, it's a new way of living that's going to show forth Jesus in your life. Totally, completely. Paul the Apostle was uh, speaking to the men of Athens, and he said this, God commands, as is recorded in Acts 17:30, God commands that all, all, all men everywhere should repent. All. What does all mean? All. (laughs) It's a simple word saying that that God's not leaving anybody out. Everybody should repent. There must be a repentance. Like I said before, if we don't have a true repentance, we don't even begin to have a relationship with God. If we haven't changed in any way, shape, or form totally to Him, How can we then begin to have a relationship with Him? We need to be able to know Him, see Him, think like Him. Everything is Him. So, Paul said to the church of the people of Athens, Listen, you've got to repent. Everybody has to repent. No exceptions whatsoever. Now, we're going to look at a subject that's probably... You know, well, people get sorrowful, you know, and uh, they they feel that grief inside of them. They feel guilty, and they, they repent. Well, there's a difference between remorse and repentance. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, verses 3 through 5. We're going to look at a guy called Judas. Okay? You know him. He was the one that betrayed Jesus. He was the one that was so concerned about the money, being the treasurer of the group, he wanted all the money himself. He was upset that the money wasn't being spent right or the money wasn't coming in correctly. You know how that is in a ministry? That can take place. Well, here's Judas. He betrayed Jesus. And let's look at what happens with Judas as recorded in Matthew chapter 27, verses uh, 3, 4, and 5. Then Judas, his, Jesus' betrayer, seeing that he had condemned, was remorseful, had been condemned, talking about Jesus being condemned, being crucified, was remorseful and brought back, the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple, departed, and went out and hanged himself. Some interpretations says that Judas uh, repented. Repented. That word repented there is really a remorseful act. It's a different word than what was used by, by Peter, by Jesus, and John the Baptist when they were saying repent. It's a different word than what Paul used when he told the church at Athens to repent. It's a more of a remorseful time. See, Judas Judas felt sorrowful for what he did. He got caught up in the grief. He got caught up in what he had done, completely an emotional word. You know, he was sorry. He was sorry for what he did. He knew he had sinned. It was a, it's a deep feeling of regret. I, I wish I hadn't done this a guilt over what uh, I had committed. But then he went out and hanged himself. Guess what? Hanging is not a, a fruit of repentance. If he had repented, he would not have hung himself. True repentance does not cause you to go do some damage to yourself or anyone else. He had a remorseful act He got caught up in the emotion of all. And said, I can't live any longer. I'm going to hang myself. If he truly repented, then the Holy Spirit would have changed his life and he would have gone on and followed Jesus. He was remorseful. He got caught up in the emotions. And many people, like I said, do that when they go to the altar. They feel sorry for what they've done. But their life doesn't change. If your life doesn't change, you haven't repented. There has to be a change of life. There has to be evidence. There has to be a fruit of repentance. And that's a total change in who you are, what you're supposed to do, how you act, what you say, and everything in your life. A total change. Well... That just begins the relationship. Whew! Boy, that's enough right there, isn't it? <laughs> but what about now Now that I'm repented and, and I'm saved, now what? Guess what? Repentance doesn't stop when you get saved. What? You mean i got to go through this again? No, I'm not asking you to repent to get saved again. I'm asking you that the repentance will occur in your life as you continue to walk with God. What does it say in Hebrews 6, 1? He says, Repentance from dead works. Dead works. Uh, see, the Holy Spirit's going to help us to see what's not pleasing to our Heavenly Father. And we're going to need to repent. Repentance from dead works. Dead works that are trying to, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show God how sincere I am. I'm trying to show Him, I really love you, God. Look at this work I just did. Well, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be <laughs> loving God and, and doing the things that He wants us to do. Now, it's amazing when you look at the book of Revelation. There are five churches there. Five spirit filled churches Ephesus, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, and Laodicea. All of them, God told them to repent. Yeah, they were the church. He told them to repent. Yeah, they were saved. But they had some things wrong going on in their life and they needed to repent. They needed to have a change in their life as they were growing in Christ. How many of you believe that you need to change? I'll put both hands up. Yeah. You don't don't stay the same. When you got saved, you didn't become perfect. Mm. Okay, let me put it to you this way. When a child is born out of a mother's womb, that child has not got a doctor's degree already. No, that child had to learn to crawl, maybe even to move, maybe even to turn over, then to crawl, then to utter sounds, then to walk, and then to talk, and then to do things. Had learned all kinds of things. So we, when we are born again, we have to learn all kinds of things to follow God. And in doing so, we mess it up at times. And we've got to repent to change from what we're doing to what He wants us to do. Change from the way we're acting to where He wants us to act. It's a new life. Now we've got to learn how to live that new life. We don't just automatically... Okay, I got it all together now. No, we don't. We got to learn how to live in God's way. And one of the (coughs) ways is to drink some water when you need it. (coughs) Excuse me. I gave you permission to do it yourself, okay? Praise the Lord. Well, So we need the Holy Spirit to help us to make changes in our life so that we can line up with God's Word. You see, now we have a new way of living. Mm -hmm. It's called God's truth, God's Word. We've got to line up with this so that we can begin now to act like God, be like God, speak like God, Cause people to know God by the what we say and what we do. Oh. So let me just uh give us some uh dead works of the flesh. <coughs> uh I got a problem I've had most of my life and it's called overeating. <laughs> yeah. What am I doing when I overeat? Well I I, I uh, I'm i I'm damaging God's temple. Uh uh-huh yeah because I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit and if I'm not taking care of his temple I I need to repent and I do that just like every day (laughs) also a dead work is uh, I'm stealing the tithe that belongs to God that's what Malachi says some of y'all are robbing God (laughs) okay Uh, also uh, you're damaging your body if you smoke Oh, and Frank, don't go step on people's toes now. Uh, how about alcohol use? Oh, Lord Jesus. See, these are some dead works. Dead works are works that do not bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus. That's right. If your works are not bringing people to Jesus, then it's a dead work. Because that's what we're here for. So, works that do bring people to Jesus, what are they? Well, let's go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 34. Very familiar passage of Scripture, very basic, but it's it's the basic truth that everything else is built upon. Okay? Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. He didn't just say, now go love one another. He said, just as the way I have loved you, now you go do it. You do the same thing that I have done. You see, that's the new life that we're walking out. We have ways of what we think. Uh, well, I can go love that person if they love me. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, go love them. Period. He didn't say go love them because they're lovable. He said go love them. My gosh, I thank you that he didn't love me because I was lovable. Mm, I'd be in hell today. He loved me because he wanted me. He wanted to show his love toward me. In other words, if you love one another, you won't go speaking ugly about anybody. Uh-oh. Have uh, a gossip. Ah <laughs> oh, no, I'm stepping on toes now. Did you hear about so-and-so, uh, what they did? Uh, no, you don't go talk that way. You don't have unforgiveness towards someone. No, you won't do that because you love them. You won't have any bitterness towards anyone because you love them. You see, God wants us to love as He loved us. He forgave us on the cross. He loved us on the cross. He was willing to give His life for us. That's what Jesus wants us to do, to give our life for someone else. Hallelujah. Okay? I was just communicating with a a, uh, a girl from Cuba this morning through Messenger. Okay? <laughs> I was wishing her a happy birthday because we became friends on Facebook. And... I, I was trying to encourage her to that I'm gonna send her the word of God. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna pray for her, I'm gonna do what it takes, you know, to help her. Even though she might be in Havana, Cuba where she lives, I'm trying to give my life to her. I'm trying to love her. I've never seen her personally, but I I love her in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So What are we to do if we love somebody? What are we to do if we're going to show forth the fruit of repentance in our life? Well, we're going to obey Jesus. All right? We're going to obey Jesus. Jesus said, as recorded in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, He said, uh, go make disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. That'll be our life. We are making disciples. We are helping people to grow in the Lord. We are go to teach them to observe everything that Jesus commanded. Teaching them how we are to, to go and 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 always um, be with them. We to make sure that they are turning their life over to Jesus and following Him. We are showing them the example. We are helping them in every possible way. Well, what else are we supposed to do? Well, uh, Mark tells us in his uh, gospel, tells us in uh, 16 verses 15 through 18, he says, he who believes, well, in verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, I'm not a preacher. Oh, yes, you are. you to go and proclaim the good news. You know, it would be nice if you could go and do that and, and they report it on, on the newscast. <laughs> no, they won't do that. <laughs> no, but you're still to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Then it says that these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Uh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Yes, that's what he's commanding us to do. If we're going to show a fruit of repentance, we'll be out right there helping people to be set free from the bondage of Satan. Yes, we will. Uh, we will speak with new tongues. You mean i got to speak in... in a, and in another language, I got to pray in the Spirit. Yes. That helps us to build ourselves up and to proclaim what God wants us to speak. Yes, that'll help. I to, that's what I did when I, when I came here to record this praying in the Spirit. It helps you. Hallelujah. We are to uh, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Sick. That sickness might come into me. No, God's going to protect you. You're going to lay hands on them, and they will recover. Maybe instant. It may be a continuous thing, but they're going to get well. See, that's what God calls us to do in obedience to Him. That's the, the works that God wants us to do. That helps people to know Jesus, to know Him. Um, I'm going to. You remember when I was talking about, I, I mentioned the churches in Laodicea and Sardis and Thyatira and Pergamos and Ephesus, and God told those churches to repent? I believe what God is telling the church today is to repent. To repent. You see we're putting off all the problems in this country in the United States of America and probably other countries as well we're putting off all the problems on the government the government is not the problem the church is the church needs to repent if well, that's what god says you remember what god says over in the um, oh over here second Chronicles, wow, way over there. Second Chronicles 7:14. He says, "If my people, could that be the church? Yes, that would be his people. If my people will humble themselves, oh, oh, we got to humble ourselves before God and seek His face. We got to humble ourselves and pray and seek His face. Yes, we got to do that." we got to come unto God and to seek His face. we got to seek Him. We're not seeking Him for things. We're seeking Him. We're coming out to His presence, His glorious presence. We're going to humble ourselves and, and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways. Mm. Yes, the church has wicked ways. What are those? Well, We're doing a lot of things for ourselves. Oh, yes, we go out and help people, you know, give to the poor. We send some money over here. But what are we doing to reach people for Jesus and bring them into the kingdom of God? We need to turn from the the works that are not bringing people into the kingdom into works that will. Turn from our wicked ways, the ways that benefit us, to make us look good. No, turn from those wicked ways. So, <laughs> God just put this on my heart this morning. I got The church is the problem. The church is the problem in the country, not the government. The church is what's causing this evil to take place. We've got to turn from our wicked ways. We've got to humble ourselves, seek God's face, turn from our wicked ways, then he says, I'll hear, I'll hear now, I'll hear what you I'll hear, I'll hear your prayers, I'll hear what you're saying, and I'll forgive you, and I'll heal your land. Do we need healing in the land of the United States of America today? Yes. Do we need healing in every country in the world today? Yes. So how is that going to take place? when God's people get together and pray, humble themselves, seek God, turn from their wicked ways, then He's going to hear us. He's going to forgive us and He'll heal our land. Church, repent. Oh, okay. So, let me end up with the four elements of repentance. Oh, well, you've had enough already, Frank. <laughs> Whew. Can we just stop? <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you, we've already covered this. Auto summarizes everything from uh, Song 34, verses verse five here. Song 34. Well, let's see, Song 32. I'm sorry, Song 32, verse five. It says, "I I acknowledge my sin." To you, I acknowledge my sin to you, God. In other words, I've got to let him know. I've got to acknowledge that I've sinned. He already knows that. Go ahead and tell him. My iniquity I have not hidden. I've got to realize, I've got to be honest with God, I can't hide this from you. You already know it. I can't hide the truth any longer. I've sinned this against you, Father. Next thing. I will confess my transgressions. Yes, I've got to confess it. Father, I did it. I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. i receive your forgiveness. You see, that's my part, to acknowledge my sin, to be honest with God, to confess my sin then the fourth element of repentance is God's part it says and you forgive me the iniquity of my sin he forgives me but I've got to do my part then I can receive his forgiveness from what he's done so I, I encourage you today repent repent uh, You may not be saved. Repent. Turn to God. Give your life to Him. Start that relationship with Him. Oh, but I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit even. But that doesn't mean I don't need to repent at times to change in my life. Then I need to acknowledge Him that I need a change. And I need to come before Him and honestly say, God, I have messed it up. I have sinned. I repent of this. I'm turning away from it, and I'm going towards you. Would you do that today? Your life will change. Would you do that? Allow the Holy Spirit to examine you and show you. He's ready there to help you. Give Him a chance today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're